0: Good morning, El Paso. I have the special privilege of welcoming uh, Dr. Isis Lopez. Um, Dr. Lopez has a great story of going from you know, struggles um, of, and persevering of beyond her struggles into then becoming a rheumatology fellow at the College of Medicine. And she's a, about a year away from finishing up and being a uh, board certified rheumatologist. It, it's a it's a, it's a great story. It's a story that, um, at, as I was hearing it, we have a lot of uh, similarities. Um, you know, there's a lot of us physicians who, who had to go through uh, a lot of obstacles, overcome a lot of obstacles, and demonstrate perseverance, which I think is a great skill set in life. And even though um, I personally went through a lot of... Um, Tough times it, um, it was really because of my mom that uh, got me through um, without my without my mom there, I mean, there's no way I would be the man I am today and uh, without my mom um, I and mean, I think I, I often say that um, if if I'm a good person if I've done great things in life it's because of God and my mom and um, I you know I I always want to make sure that the things that I do and whatever I accomplish, I'm trying to do it to make my mom proud and to make my kids proud. And So um, I I think you'll hear a lot of this um, really beautiful struggle that uh, EC's uh, Dr. Lopez went through and um, hopefully a lot of people that or watching this can relate to this story, or hopefully this can be inspiring to uh, the younger people who want to become positions or or just have are in tough spots that they can see uh, light at the end of the tunnel. And even people, and not even, but like especially um, kids or moms, single moms, or kids of single moms. Um, there's a lot of you know these these struggles, these um, obstacles. These are all opportunities to get better. Um, there is no way ever that I would ever trade the tough times that I had growing up as a kid uh, for anything uh, because it, it, it made me who I am and I'm, and I'm really appreciative of, of those learning, uh, of, of those lessons and I'll say it again that I, I think that you, the one thing that I think is crucial to success is having someone believe in you. Um, Starting with yourself, um, but if you can get a cheerleader, a mentor—you know, in my case, it was my mom—then I think sky's the limit. So, um, to all those people out there, uh, grinding, uh, grind it out, keep that grit, uh, keep pushing forward, and and um, you know, we'll, we'll quote some uh, Nipsey hustle, hustle and uh, hustle and motivate. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. See, I, I, uh and I'm not trying to be patronizing here, but I'm uh, really proud of you. I kind of followed uh, followed you along. I know we met when you were in medical school uh, in El Paso, Texas. Uh, and can you tell us um, your, your background and kind of how you ended up where you're at now?
1: For sure. Um, so my family's from um, Honduras. Um, my mom, my mom and my um, father in the 80s, they came to the U.S. And I think just like many first um, you know, generation immigrants, like my, my parents struggled a lot financially. Um, they used to live in the Northeast, so they, they struggled a lot. They decided to send us to Honduras just to... The, the plan was for them to both get like two jobs save enough money so that they could bring us back and then be in a more financially stable position um but that was kind of complicated they just continued working working and we actually ended up staying in honduras for eight years so there is where i i lived and um i was able to be raised by my my aunt and my aunt was like she's just like the type of woman who takes care of everybody you know like People there were dying of like diabetes. HIV was really, really prevalent um, in in my city. And a lot of people would pass away from AIDS. And so um, she would take care of everybody. She was like self-taught. She would wake me up at three in the morning and be like, let's go, let's go take care of this person. And I don't know, I guess there was something about her that knew that I liked that uh, healing part like taking care of people that that sacrificial part that is uh needed you know to be a doctor so she would wake me up at whatever time and would take me and we would go and take care of people so i think that kind of defined my compassionate side my wanting to take care of people um aspect of 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 who i am and so she she's was just amazing and then i i came back to the states um to florida and um was able to to finish um elementary school middle school, and then um after the the foreclosure crisis happened, we were actually one of the families who um decided to to purchase a home and then we couldn't later afford it and so um a house went on foreclosure I remember for a year, going home, and every day was like a fear of of you know feeling like everything was gonna be out and we were gonna be displayed. So we came to Texas because Texas was cheap. My uncle was already living here. Um, and there's like a pretty big um under and um uh connection here and so my uncle helped us move here and um I, I think that overall um for most of the my family members, like my siblings, most of our lives improved by moving here. And so then I was able to um to go to college in dallas and uh I actually joined part of a program called JaMP so JaMP is actually like a program that helps um uh underserved kids so my mom my mom's a single mom household once she was able to bring us back from Honduras she had separated my father and was able to bring us back on you know her her own work her own um uh savings um and she was able to to raise us on her own and so um because because of that um I was able to qualify for for state funding program that helped for my MCAT um helped for my books would give the stipend summer programs I was able to um do like a summer program at UTMB and um, uh, the other summer program at M. and so it was a really great experience because That's, I'm not um, sure Jamp is
0: jump is um it's an undergrad like for for a medical it's like a like a medical leadership program or something
1: yeah yeah, yeah okay. exactly so it's like they kind of um they they will provide like the books and like they even so once you match it like once once you're able to get into the program you're actually able to interview at all of the medical schools to, In to Texas? be able to in texas all of them yeah and so i remember so then how i ended up in el paso was through that like i never i had met a few students like that went to ut dallas and they Mm -hmm. were from el paso but i guess they didn't like el paso because they didn't have really good things to say about it and so i (laughs) it was my last it was my very last appointment at my my very last um uh interview and so I remember like I was already like running tight with money, and I was like, "I really don't want to go, like, blah, blah blah, but you had to go." It was mandatory. So I remember like landing in El Paso, and no one told me they, that El Paso had mountains, so I thought it was going to be just like flat and like like barely anything there, right? So I remember I like I landed there, and um I was just like, I, there was just something about that that was like, I have to be here." Like, I, I have, like, the skies, how open everything was, the mountains. And so I really, really loved it. Um, and uh, I remember coming back from that interview, I was, <laughs> I was completely in love. And uh, and I remember telling my mom, like, I have to go to El Paso. And she was like, no, like, the whole Juarez thing, she really, really didn't want me to go. And so um, I actually ended up ranking it number two. Um, and then when I found out the day that I matched, I was super, super happy. Like I was super happy. And I remember my mom, instead of like, she just started crying because she really, she was like, I don't want you to go there. And it it turned out to be completely fine. Like my four years in med school, like I felt so safe. Um, I would walk around the the downtown. I was able to like do a lot of community service in El Paso. What, what able, kinds of things were you involved
0: with when you were here?
1: Um, um, I was very involved in the transitional living center, so that's like where the the women's shelter. Um, so I would host. I think every single year in med school, we would I, I would host like a Thanksgiving dinner for them, or like on Mother's Day, we would go and like do their makeup and get the ladies right, ready nice. so that they would have like a, like a Mother's Day. So I was. That was definitely like, um, I had, I, I had a grant to do art therapy, but, um, that I wasn't able to, to completely, uh, finish that project, but also right next to it, there was the, the center of like the children who would be taken away by CPS and they would be put into that home. I don't remember the exact name of it, but we would mm. go volunteer and play with the kids and, um honestly, a lot of their stories too, where, um, like it wasn't even like their parents were trying to do anything malicious. It was just like they, the parents were just trying to survive and their kids would, you know, unfortunately be, be taken away. So seeing that, um, you know, that, that part of the system when, when it's not, um, Understanding when the, the parents themselves don't have the resources to be able to take care of their their kids is sad was sad
0: you know you see like, like hearing your story, I think there's a lot of um of similar like so I, I had like a similar story uh mm-hmm. where my mom was a single mom um you know we we, we grow pretty poor uh humble i guess is, as it's called um uh, mm-hmm. it's times we don't have food to eat for dinner uh i was first in my family to go to college and i i'm from here from el paso and um so we were Claudius in el paso and my my, my dad's side's cuban my mom's side's mexican and we we went up and i spent a lot of time in my in uh in the bay area with my tia so i live mm-hmm. with my tia too um so she she kind of instilled a big work <laughs> ethic her and my mom uh were, were just like working machines and it was because of them they ended. Uh, following my way to to college, and, and we had, I guess there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities, and we had we lost our house too um, when I was little. We didn't have a place to live, and for us, luckily, we had my and abuelita. My abuelita took us in, so we were, we were homeless for for a little bit. Um, and I think that th- these kinds of stories. Actually, I wasn't. I I was. I didn't I didn't know any all of this stuff about you. So I think that's that's really awesome. I think it's a it's a testament to. Um, to your strength and your perseverance because uh med- medicine is not for the weak right like it's uh mm-hmm. it's a hardcore field by itself um let alone when you have all this other stuff this other baggage to come to, sure. that comes with it and and i think though it only makes you a better physician right mm-hmm. like there's there's all these like uh obstacles you got to get through but then it, in the end it kind of makes you a little bit more empathetic for your patients because for
1: sure.
0: right you're not just kind of like talking down or whatever you're, you're a little exactly bit kind of and
1: you up. understand like the type of struggles and i think that's that's something that like a lot of times we see our patients who they they don't sometimes they don't take the best care of themselves you know and instead of coming from a judgmental aspect like when when they can't even know where they're going to live from month to month sometimes their own health is not at the top of their priority when they can't even secure you know just just living resources and so knowing that um and, and honestly um although like a lot like being in medicine too and meeting other doctors I really don't meet like not even Latino doctors that have a similar story like this Like even like um, Latino students who are like born and, and raised in the US, like I mostly meet like international um, IMG doctors who matched here. Like in my yeah, own that's journey, a Yeah, really that's a different
0: kind of group, right? Those those the IMGs, oh, yeah. IMG means uh, international medical graduates. Um, usually IMGs, um, they tend to be, there's a generalization, they tend to be a little bit wealthy um
1: yes and the mm. the
0: backgrounds totally different and i remember interviewing oh man i got so <laughs> it was it was rough um, it, so i i went to med school what what, what years were you in med school
1: 202013
0: to 2017 all right so i interviewed in uh 2000 uh, i'm a lot older than you but I, I interviewed for med school in 01 so i went to med okay. school from 02 to 2006 mm-hmm. i went to ut southwestern and I interviewed, I was living in the, in the Bay Area at the time when I was applying in California. And I remember the medical schools would put me to interview I mean, I think they were, I think they were trying to be nice, but they would, they would put a, a Latino physician there to interview me. And those were by far the most judgmental, uh, toughest interviews I had because a lot of them um, were IMGs. And so they came over, and they did not understand the struggle yeah. um, and it was you know i'm not I wasn't trying to get points because I'm latino that's not yeah. like that's not what it was, but i i had a, I had a story that I think was and i didn't know like I, I think when 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 I went to college, I had this idea that everybody went through my my struggle <laughs> it was this whole night, right. to t- into it. and then I found out that. Oh my! and then you find were, out like, people
1: didn't have like any they similar struggle
0: no yeah oh, no. i don't
1: even talk about like really my life and this this is why like stuff that I, i'll you know my my close friends and stuff but like the general friends i don't because a lot of times it's like completely different like their their parents would give them like calculus lessons when they were like young like even yes. in college i would find out how different like oh yeah my my parents have this like Uh, all this money waiting for me like you know in case something happens or they would teach them like calculus or you know they were just very involved in like summer programs and this and then you find out how in a way we're very self-sufficient when we have to come from that and and get to a level and I think it takes a special kind of like perseverance that's almost like you see the obstacles, but you have to not really care about them to just keep going.
0: And and, and I think like just it, this is not a diss at all for for kids who have those kind of resources, you know, or for parents. And parents are doing no, yeah. what they got to do to take care of their Because my kids will
1: have those resources. So
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and so you know, good. Yeah, I, I see. I kind of see it from their side, but but mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And I and I think that the word now, I think there's like this. This uh, word going around, it's like grit, right? Like ha- yeah. having the grit to 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 get through and, and grinding, as as they say now, um, and and that's a skill set that I think um, is is unique. But it's also a, a big gift, I think, for uh, for us for sure. that not a lot of kids had uh, growing sure. up. I, I think that's a really inspirational inspirational story. This is that that you have. Uh, I'm hoping that um, there's other like young latinas and i don't know that many i, I wish there was a lot more because you're special specialist so how how did mm-hmm. how did you get into um the, the field you're in and then tell me tell me what, what that process is like
1: yeah um so i think i think in high school i took like a, a immunology course and i just like, like loved the immunology aspect and then um I think when I was in college, I was like, Yeah, I want to take care of people with like autoimmune diseases, but like maybe mostly women, like I would, you know, and yeah. somebody told me about like a field of rheumatology. And so that idea was kind of implanted in in college. And so I started researching what rheumatology was. Um, rheumatologists take care of autoimmune diseases um that affect your connective tissues, so your joints, your skin um virtually any any organ. And so patients like lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, uh myositis, um, the uh spondyloarthritis, um, and just various autoimmune diseases um that are very some are very rare in, in uh the general population and so um in med school I was able to to work with some rheumatologists in El Paso and so mm-hmm. Um, I just loved how so it's very general. So I continued the idea, and then in residency, still I continued. Where did you go to residency? Like, I want to do rheumatology. I went to um uh, Jackson University of Miami in Jackson in Miami, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was a great experience. I mean, it definitely was very work intensive and uh, in a great county
0: hospital, right? You got a lot. I mean, that's the oh, key, yeah. um uh, Jackson yeah. Memorial. I
1: think it's the first or second biggest county hospital in the in the whole um US. I think second, second yeah. biggest uh county hospital. Um and so it was really busy, very complex patients and um I just love that with rheumatology, um you don't you you don't really lose any of your internal medicine. So it's like and that's what I love, because when my patients come, one of the things about being a specialist was that I didn't want to, like, if they told me something was wrong with, like, the skin on their back, like, it, it would make me feel bad to be like, oh, I can't look at it because, like, I don't have time, you know, like that. Oh. Like, with cardiology, like, not cardiologists are great and amazing, but it's very, <laughs> a very specific field. Yeah, and yeah. so, whereas in rheumatology like i have to look at their scalp their ears you know their nose yeah, yeah. their mouth I'll, I'll tell you everything
0: rheumatology a rheumatologist so i uh, where, are you so you're in dallas where where are you in dallas
1: no i'm actually in uh, at baylor in houston
0: oh you're Baylor houston. I yeah, you in houston yeah Dallas. oh sorry about no, that no. it's because okay, i was so in
1: dallas not that long ago
0: <laughs> okay so you're at for, baylor houston. all Baylor. right so so super awesome program um at baylor and I, I think, and this is like my personal opinion, is that the two smartest types of doctors are rheumatologists, number one, and number two, nephrologists. I think um, they're definitely undervalued, um, but sure. by far the most heady uh, cerebral doctors. I, um, so when I was in med school at Southwestern, we had, um, um, we had this thing called potpourri. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever if, if you've heard of that or not, but it's like grand rounds essentially, but it's like it's it's a PIM session with a physician. It's putting the attending. It's a it's a PIM session mm-hmm. for attendings and and residents too, but it's mostly for the attendings. And I I remember it was a big auditorium. It was like 250 people or something, mm-hmm. and they bring down this rheumatologist and they're asking him this question about this this uh, um, so the old Parkland um, and and uh, Dallas, uh, the children's hospital, they're connected with a basement. And so he, they're talking about this one lady who, who showed up for, I think, I can't remember the exact case, but I think she was like tired or something. And so she took her kid who was yellow, and took the kid to the emergency room at, at Dallas, and then went, took the basement pathway up to Parkland ER, and then checked herself in, or went to the ER. And then the rheumatologist, you know, they're asking these questions. He's like, well, actually what happened was, so he ended up diagnosing both the kid and the mom with GCXP (laughs) deficiency. Um, And then so the mom got parvo. And then, um, and then, and so everybody got on their feet and was cheering this guy because it was such an awesome like case and that he like he worked it out so awesomely you know and yeah, uh, he i think he was the chief of the va or something but anyways that that's when i fell in love with the that's when i i, I it cemented in my mind that <laughs> rheumatologists were like the best so what what year are you in What how, how many years is rheumatology and what, what year are you in yeah so
1: um i guess so it's four four years of college and then four years of med school, and then three years of internal medicine. Once you finish internal medicine, you take your your board exam, and um, you apply on your second year of internal medicine residency. You start applying for for fellowships, where you want to go, you interview, and then you match your third year. And then rheumatology is two years um, of, uh, of training, and then after that, you're completely done with your training so that's um after 13 years you're you're done with your training and you're a, a full-blown attending <laughs> like like dr yeah. musk one.
0: <laughs> yeah so what are you gonna do are, are, so this is your last year
1: yeah no 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 it's actually my first year so i'm finishing the uh my first year so i still have another another year after this
0: so when you when you're talking about your field like if you're talking to your tias and your your tios at home or mm-hmm. you're, you're going back to Honduras what do you tell them that you do? And then how do you, what do you, what do you, who are the kinds of people or the kinds of patients that's, that should see you?
1: For sure. Um, so it, it's really hard to explain, uh, rheumatology to family. Um, usually if I say, Oh, lupus, I'll be like, Oh, lupus. So the, 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 they'll know, um, right, even though they for, won't yeah. really understand lupus, they'll be like, Oh, okay. Or, um, but a lot of times they think like that I just take care of OA, um, What's and, that? Uh, that? like osteoarthritis. Uh, osteoarthritis. so it's just, um, which is like the wear and tear arthritis that we, we see a lot in, um, you know, it's in our, in our patients. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I usually take care of inflammatory arthritis, but it's really hard to explain that. I try, but a lot of times they're just like, okay, whatever. Like yeah, you're yeah, a doctor. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs>
0: but so um, is there anybody in particular like if it's somebody who has like uh, uh like swollen knees or somebody who gets like yeah. you know like wh- who would be the person because i think what happens is mm-hmm. that we, yeah, as a community um you know we're, so the, the the focus of this um th- this was awesome like, hearing about your story and i think these are all really important um, important things for like youth trying to be going mm-hmm. into medicine and and so that's super awesome and i think that other parts too to us talking is is letting the community know who should mm-hmm. go out and see rheumatologists. Sure. And so like is there somebody um like hey if you have um joint pain in your fingers or like is, is there anything in particular like absolutely you need to see a rheumatologist who, who would be the yeah, people? Yeah
1: um so I would think you know it would be important to to consider being seen by a rheumatologist if you're waking up in the morning and you're having Either swelling or even stiffness that um, lasts greater than thirty minutes. Um, so, or and you have to take ibuprofen, or you have to go and take a warm shower to, in order to feel better. And usually, the joints—it can be the wrist, here, and and then these as well. Yeah. If you have pain in these, that's less concerning. But um, if you have pain there, or if your fingers look completely swollen and they start appearing like almost like sausage type of digits, then Mm -hmm. that that is concerning. Um, Another thing too, is a lot of people think that lower back pain when you wake up in the morning um, is normal. But if you're a young man who is waking up with a lot of back pain can also occur in women. If you're waking up with a lot of back pain and pain around your buttocks area. um, And again, it lasts like 30 minutes, greater than 30 minutes, maybe up to hours, you have to take ibuprofen. Um, I I would definitely talk to your primary care doctor and see if, you know, they can order um, labs, like inflammatory markers, just basic ones, and then see if you're having any inflammation that's happening um, in your body. But um, things like that. Um, Also, if you're having any oral ulcers, um, vaginal ulcers that keep occurring.
0: Um, how, do you, how do you describe I, I have a really hard time talking to my patients to say, when I say ulcers, nobody understands what I'm talking about. And I had to say, oh, like, in Spanish? Yagas. I mean, I say, I tell yeah, them, Yagas, yeah, but yeah. even still, because I deal with kids. Uh-huh. And even so, they're like, what's that? And no one's ever seen
1: it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of
0: hard to. to um, what, is there anything that you how, how you describe yaks or you know, like ulcers or anything? Is there any kind of word or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I think I probably uh, don't don't say it right. Yeah, I say um uh, le, uh, sometimes I say lesion, le, like lesiones. Lesiones. Eventually. Yeah,
0: sure, sure, sure. No, I'm just just curious. All right, sorry yeah.
1: about that. and then they're like no, or 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 <laughs> sometimes too with these they're not painful. So even yeah. if they say no, they, they probably don't feel them. So it's like that, that's why, and it's hard with COVID because when everybody was wearing their masks and, um, they're saying like, don't, don't tell them, you know, like, unless they like they're hurting. Oh and, yeah. 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 yeah for sure. So, um, but looking inside to examine is important or the patients can, you know, use, using a mirror, um, if they feel anything in there, they can see.
0: It, I, I think that the other thing that's really important, at least being selfish about this um, for me, is to have rheumatologists that I work closely with because mm-hmm. there's a lot of overlap yeah. with rheumatology and gastroenterology. So um, especially, you know, you had mentioned vaginal ulcers and, and I, you know, I was thinking about Bruchette's um, suite. Yes. So like who who owns or like who who's the captain I of, that know. Kind of management? It gets to be a little bit tough. Um,
1: it is um, tough
0: it's tough, but it's, but it's always great. I think I, I mean, it would be really awesome is he's again speaking selfishly for you to come back to El Paso. I know, I want uh, to. Cause there's, there's such a need, uh, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, people like you, especially you would be the like super awesome to, to come back home or, you know, your be. adoptive home, I guess. Um, it
1: is my adoptive home in the U S for sure. <laughs>
0: is, is there anything? So um, there's a segment, um, I like to like, um, Italian called Dichos, Dichos de Abuelita, or, you Mm -hmm. know, is there anything that your, that your family would tell you, um, Mm -hmm. growing up to be like, you know, uh, so I I always talk about the hemorrhoids one. So my abuelita would say like, no te sientes en en la calle caliente porque te salen hemorrhoides or, you (laughs) know, like, no salgas. I I think that for me, I I think about rumas there's like a like a rhumas one like everybody has rumas, you know the, mm-hmm. like my mama asks que son la rheumatism so like whenever oh. whenever it's cold like everyone has like stiff joints or like pain or anything is there any, oh, anything yeah. like that it's you can field. think about like hmm. um I,
1: no, I, I can't really think anything that's related no. to no to no
0: dichos anything that like growing up that your Diaz would tell you they're like you know that maybe um that like it's kind of medically you know like I don't know if you notice here in El Paso like even if it's 70 degrees everybody mm-hmm. wears blankets like you see the little kids and like they have, yeah. they're, they're covering their mouth because if they open up their mouth they're gonna get a cold do you ever see that when you're here I've seen that. that I've seen it
1: and actually actually yeah um when That was actually a topic of, uh, uh, like, a a little discussion I got with uh, my my mom because her boyfriend was out in the cold, and he's like, he was having like upper respiratory uh, track symptoms, like he was having like a cough and his throat hurt, and he was like, no, 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 it's just the cold, the cold that got to me. I'm like, it could be COVID, like you need to go get tested, and so. That was a a whole debate because he was like, I know my
0: body. But interestingly, now, so thinking about all these all the families who, who cover their mouths when they go out, now everyone wears masks. So I wonder sure. if if uh, look, thinking back to like rancho remedies, you know, like uh-huh. people were covering their mouths to not uh-huh. spread germs. In you know, so like I always I always think that there's like these lichos or things that people do. That there's actually like some public health ties to them.
1: Yes, yes.
0: You know, there a, maybe maybe that kind of got lost throughout the time, but but I think it's there
1: for sure. Like I mean, in in Honduras, we used to do all types of remedy. Like I remember, um, I used to put pollen into my into my cereal, like oh. every day. Um, uh, that sounds like a hipster to, breakfast. I know, right? We used to <laughs> um, eat shark oil because I, I used to live right by the ocean, so. We used uh-huh. to like buy shark oil from, I guess, a man who would make it, and yeah. it was supposed to be good for our asthma because all of us we were asthmatic kids, and so no way. Um, they would they would just or like uh, yeah, just like various home remedies that we would um, take. And my asthma was pretty controlled up until I moved to El Paso,
0: actually. So you stopped taking shark oil? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, up yeah. until like my late twenties, that's when my asthma. Yeah, like the shark oil cured me for like fifteen <laughs> years.
0: You <laughs> see, I want to be sensitive to your time and thanks, thanks for, for no joining problem. us in the morning. Thanks for telling us about your story. That's really really inspirational. Um, I'm I'm sure that there's gonna be a lot of young ladies, and i us say that um, I'm I have a little girl, and I'm a lot more sensitive mm. to um, like. Uh, just just having positive female role models is really important and and thanks for thanks for being a a great role model thank uh, you
1: so much for having me here and and for being a role model for latinos who are here in the u.s and and for us to stand here and say you know if you guys want to go into medicine
0: do it do it because we definitely need more of us yeah absolutely and and, and I I know you have um, you're, you're doing social media. Could you could you tell us what your handle is or how to find you on social media?
1: Uh, yes, um, on Instagram it's at doc, uh, so Dr. Doctor um, and then B for that's my middle name Vanessa. So Doctor E-C-S-B. So that's my Instagram, Excuse and that's you. the main one that I use.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. thanks i you know I, I follow you on instagram i think it's really, uh it's it's a super awesome uh presence that you have mm-hmm. and and thank thanks you. for thanks for doing that okay so you. anytime you need anything just, um send me a text or whatever uh um, okay, we're always for happy sure. to help uh in any way that we can help um, and I, uh, are, uh, we, we want to help you succeed However, for
1: sure thank you so much for having me on the show this is awesome